Hello, and thank you so much for tuning in to Weddings-ish with Jove. This episode, our wedding planning tip, I talk all about a holiday wedding. Pros and cons of getting married on a holiday weekend or on a holiday. Our special guest this episode is Kate Schaefer, founder and creative director of H&H Weddings. Enjoy! Weddings-ish! Holiday weddings. When I say that, the first thing that tends to come to mind is Hanukkah, Christmas, Thanksgiving, Halloween, sort of our most iconic holidays. But I also want to keep in mind our three-day weekend holidays. So in most of the states, we have three-day weekends for Memorial Day, Labor Day, Independence Day, Columbus Day, and sometimes even Veterans Day. And I think as more and more couples want to spend a longer amount of time with their friends and family who came to support them, they're looking to these three-day weekends to have a celebration for more than just one day. And I don't blame them. I would love to have family and friends around for more than just five hours, but for three or four days. I just wanted to talk about the pros and cons of having weddings on a holiday or holiday weekend. So in making your decision, you have all of the information. So I think really the biggest thing to think about when considering a holiday wedding for your guests is their travel. Typically on these holidays, whether it's Christmas, Hanukkah, Thanksgiving, or Halloween, those dates are some of the highest dates to travel with airfare and hotels. So just keep that in mind when planning a holiday wedding on an actual holiday or near an actual holiday is that your guests will be paying the highest possible price for airfare as well as for hotels. And if you do decide to have a holiday wedding on the holiday or near the holiday, don't feel like you have to commit to doing a Christmas wedding on Christmas or a New Year's wedding on New Year's or a Halloween wedding on Halloween or a Thanksgiving wedding on Thanksgiving. I think you get the idea. If you're into it, do it. We totally had a couple throw a Halloween party and it was a masquerade Halloween ball and it was so much fun. But if you're not super into a themed party, don't worry about it. You don't have to commit to the theme of the holiday. Uh, You could sort of just touch on the holiday or totally avoid it altogether. But again, think of your guests' travel for these holidays. It will be very expensive. If they're all local, you're good to go. If you're having it on a three-day weekend... It's also all about travel, but please note that you really would be expected to host all of the events for the long holiday weekend. I don't think it would be polite to invite people to spend a long holiday weekend with you and then not host them for that Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So when planning, just keep that in mind for your budget and for your activities that you'd likely need to host either meals or activities for all of your friends and family for the entire weekend as they are taking one of their very few long holidays off to spend it with you. Also, I wanted to just talk a little bit about pricing. So for any holiday, be it sort of a one-day holiday or a three-day weekend holiday, you will find anywhere from 15 to 30% increase in costs for your wedding. That's right. The cost will go up if your wedding is on a federal holiday or any holiday. And why is that, you may wonder? 
Well, it's a holiday. So there is holiday pay for many staff members, which is typically time and a half. So your catering bill, which is the largest portion of your wedding budget for the actual day, will go up pretty significantly if you choose to host your wedding on a holiday because all of those staff are going to get time and a half for your big day and photographer may charge more, florist may charge more, practically all of your vendors may charge more for the holiday because they're not enjoying that long holiday weekend with their friends and family, they're spending it with you and your friends and family. So just keep that in mind, again, the excessive or increased costs for a holiday wedding for you and those that you would put on your friends and family uh, for their own travels. If you do plan to have a holiday wedding, just keep in mind you want to give your guests as much lead time as possible because the sooner they can book their travel or their hotel, the cheaper it's likely to be for them. So give them a big heads up, be prepared for higher costs, and just keep in mind your guests may have higher costs too. All that to say, it may cost more, but it definitely might be worth it to spend a longer amount of time with those you love to celebrate your big day. Weddings-ish! I am super excited to be sitting across from the founder of H&H Weddings and editor-in-chief, Kate Schaefer. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? I am good. This weather is finally, like, cooling off a little bit. It feels like fall. I know. It's kind of crazy. I know. I kind of like it. I think it's kind of like a welcome reprieve from the Mm -hmm. heat. Um, But I'm not really ready for summer to be over. Me neither. So I'm still in short shorts. Yes. And judging from, (laughs) I was going to really say judging from your top, you're also not. Tropical. No. Summer is still here. I know. Um, So what is H&H Weddings for those who are not familiar? H&H Weddings is an LGBTQ wedding resource and blog. Okay. And I know it most from its Instagram. Yes. It's beautifully curated pictures of same-sex couples. Why, thank you. I'm very picky, and I went to college for photography. Okay. So, um, yeah. How did this whole thing start? <laughs> I was, um, in 2012, interning at Gothamist. Okay. Um, which was an incredibly boring job. <laughs> and I basically sat at a computer uh, with a bunch of editors who did not speak to each other in person, despite the fact that they were all sitting at the same table. They would just G-chat each other. Okay. Anyway, that, that, like, <laughs> that sounds lovely. lack of human interaction really freaked me out. Anyway, um, my job was basically to troll Twitter, and I don't have Facebook, so not Facebook, but... Anyway, all of the New York City, like, lifestyle, news, culture, blogs um, to, I guess, find the latest breaking news in New York City. Um, like celebrity-wise or gossip-wise? No, or It could be celebrity-wise. It could be like, oh, we spotted whatever John Mayer on the streets of Soho. Got or it. it could be like a recent string of break-ins in... You know, anything interesting. Guy, anything interesting. You just had to find. We just internet. like would add it to the doc and whatever. Again, no human interaction about any of it. Yeah. It was just like, yeah. So uh, I was on Twitter and I clicked on a Huffington Post link that was basically a bride writing about her frustrations with the wedding industry. She was a lesbian and she was angry because there was nowhere for her to turn to find wedding inspiration. Mm-hmm. This was in 2012. Yes. Um, at that point, same-sex marriage was not legal, but it also was, like, pretty widely accepted. Like, 
I mean, we live in New York City, and I'm sure. thinking to myself, like, Huffington Post, like, this woman's got to be relatively, like, you know, young and modern and progressive if she's, like, writing and submitting her work to Huffington Post. Um, but then I thought, she's got to be fucking batshit crazy. There is no way that, <laughs> that in 2012 that there's there. nothing out there. In New York City or... Anywhere. Anywhere. So I did a little research um, on the interwebs, and... Uh, in fact, she was not crazy. The only sites that existed were either, like, specifically gay or lesbian or LGBTQ, but they looked like they were built in 1992. Yeah. Or they were some of the more mainstream wedding blogs that would occasionally feature, you know, two grooms that looked like Kendall. Sure. Right. Um, so not a lot out there for, like, everybody else. Um, so I... Uh, started talking to a friend of mine who was working with a wedding planner at the time mm-hmm. about how I thought this was crazy, and I, and she was super obsessed with weddings. I'm like, do you really think there's nothing out there? And she's like, I don't think there is, but we should start something. Yeah. So she and I kind of worked together. Um, we built the site, went through that whole process, took about a year, um, and then... We launched in 2013. Okay. Uh, she and I parted ways shortly okay. after that, and I have been chugging along ever since. Okay. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So literally, like, you found a hole in the market that didn't exist. <laughs> yeah. At, like, while doing research for a job. Yes. And then decided to fill that hole. Yes. And since 2013, it's been four years, mm-hmm. um, and you're no longer alone. This is sort of now a, a niche space that people are sort of flocking to. Yeah, it's um, it's like a blessing and a curse. I think, you know, we sort of, uh, earlier we were talking about the Pride Parade being sponsored by everybody, and like, in a way, it's great. Like, you're happy that Target is running a Pride campaign. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it's like, fuck you. I know why you're doing this. Like, you're yeah. really just tokenizing What's us. currently popular. Yes, exactly. Or mainstream. Right. And you're not really talking about any real issues. And you're not showing any sort of, like, racial diversity. You're mm-hmm. not showing any, like, you know, body diversity or anything like that. You're just showing a bunch of, like, hot people, like, in rainbow colors. Like, yeah. Implying that, right, implying that, like, somehow now you're inclusive. Yeah. Um, so that's, it's like a, you know, I have mixed feelings about all of that, as many people do. Um, and I think, you know, that's kind of how I feel about H&H Weddings. I feel like when we started, we launched with six months of blog content, like, wow. set, because we would reach out to people, and, like, we were literally just a holding page that basically said, like, H&H Weddings is coming. Yeah. And that was it. But we reached out to people and we told them what we were doing. And we were like, we have zero experience. We have no fucking idea what we're doing. Yeah. But this is what we're trying to do. And people were like, great, take people this content. Excited. Like, we're going to offload it. How did you initially find couples? We, it's mostly vendors. Like, we yeah. would reach out to a photographer. Like, maybe we had seen their work on Instagram. To or, see if they had a same-sex couple they worked yes. with. So it was... It was like a twofold, like, here's what we're doing. We'd love to get you on the vendor list. And then also, if you have any work, if you have any, you know, LGBTQ weddings, please send them our way. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. And people were super willing and super supportive, which is great. And I feel like I still get people who are like, this is amazing. Thank you for the work that you're mm-hmm. doing. Even though in a way I feel like, like the work's not done by any stretch. Sure. But I'm like, you know. But there's a place 
for same-sex couples <laughs> to feel at home. Sure. Which is, I think, I mean, to me, what's most meaningful or what makes my job most worth it is when couples reach out and they're like, we love your website. Like, mm-hmm. you inspired us while we were planning and, you know, please feature our wedding. Yeah. And then, you know. And then it goes That's awesome. There. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I feel like now in 2017, 2018, even when I meet with couples, in sometimes even the early stages, there's talk about who's going to feature the wedding. Right. It's like now a new part of a conversation that I think previously didn't exist. I, I feel like, and me, I don't, you would know better than I know, I feel like that is a much straighter thing mm. than it, I, I feel like. I feel like a lot of the couples that I end up featuring are like, Oh my god, this is so awesome. Like we like they had never the thought they were never totally surprised. Oh, interesting. That they okay. would be featured on a wedding blog. Yeah. But then they're very excited about it. Got it. And they're they always didn't go in <laughs> intending. Exactly. Oh, interesting. Yes. I mean, it's mixed. I'd say I mean we since same sex marriage has only been legal for a short time. Yeah. Federally, we've done, you know, more than twelve total, but that's out of two hundred. Right. So it's a small percentage of the work we do. But it's pretty even the number of, you know, gay yeah. couples that are like, Jove, who's going to want us? Yeah. You know, versus the straight couples. For yeah. me, anyways. I think, um, and it could also definitely be that, like, the people who are getting married, who are immediately, like, considering where they're going to be featured, probably are being submitted to a bigger, you know, they're sure. going Large to, like, scale. the not Martha, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Not brides. <laughs> if it's two men. Yeah. Yeah. They're kind of stuck. <laughs> or it's a little bit things. hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you started it. It's grown. And have you sort of seen an evolution of planning in the same-sex community in terms of, like, from the beginning when you started till today? Are gay couples sort of adopting their own traditions? Are they replicating straight traditions? Is it a mix? It's definitely a mix. Um, I would say when I first started, it was basically like same-sex couples taking the um, traditional wedding layout and just like inserting themselves. You know, they might like leave out small details like a garter toss or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. that like, but for the most part, it was one person walking down the aisle to the other person and, you know, Mm -hmm. it looked like a traditional straight wedding. Um, I feel like, though, in the past, like, two or three years, there's really been a push for, like, feminist weddings, like, personal, like, make it personal, make it about you, fuck the the traditions that you don't identify with, which is kind of what I've been saying all along. Yeah. And I feel like I've really started to see more of that. So, just, like, smaller ceremonies, elopements, Mm -hmm. like... We, um, probably last year, the year before, there was this, like, beautiful wedding, two brides in Big Sur, they, like, rented a cabin, and there was, like, 20 guests. Perfect. And it was stunning. Yeah. But, like, they weren't subscribing to wedding, you know. The norms of what a wedding, quote-unquote, should be. A lot of times, there's no wedding parties. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, depending on, like, family dynamics, there's no parent walking and child down the aisle. Sometimes Mm -hmm. there's no family involved even. Um, So I feel like, and even in the straight weddings that I'm seeing, it feels like there's a lot more um, 
progress with just generally making your wedding day feel genuine to who you are as a couple. More authenticity today than before. Yes. I feel like weddings used to be like, you get the church, you get the cake, you get the poofy dress, you get the reception hall. Yeah. You get the lilies and the roses and that's it. And they all were sort of the same. Right. But now I wonder if it's the internet and Pinterest and Instagram and Facebook and all these myriad of blogs and magazines that it's almost like you can't just have that kind of a wedding anymore. No. I mean, I think there's I think there's too much pressure on couples mm. to like make their wedding perfect. Mm-hmm. Like there's certainly things that you're you will probably want to remember. Like it's probably worth investing in a great photographer whose work you love because sure, to capture the image. Exactly. But like do you dep- I mean it depends on your budget and what you want and what type of people you are, but like if you're just two, like, low-key people who don't really care about, like, design and having this, like, huge soiree for mm-hmm. 150 guests, like, go to City Hall and just have a nice dinner for yeah. your friends and family. And they, I feel like I'm seeing more of that kind of thing. which Happening. is Yes, which is nice because it feels like, you know, people are not really buying into the societal pressures. Well, also, I don't think everyone can afford it. I yeah, mean, and that's a great point, You know, too. here in New York City, even my clients, it's like $750, dollars $900, $1,000 a guest. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Like, that's a shit ton of money. Mm-hmm. Um, so if people are spending $100,000, $300,000, yeah. not everybody has access to that. Right. Not everyone has parents who kindly or generously give that. And right. I think especially... With same-sex couples, that relationship can sometimes be non-existent. Exactly. So they're paying for it themselves. Yeah. And I think any sort of normal person with a normal budget, that's sort of the challenge for me is that I feel like isn't represented as widely. Right. There's no, like, I mean, I feel like there's the, the super, like, budget, you know, websites. Very DIY. Very DIY. Very, yeah. very like. You know, go pick some wildflowers and tie twine around them. <laughs> yeah, put it them will in a mason jar. Ten cents. Yeah, exactly. But I think that there's not a lot of examples of like, hey, we're like a young, cool Brooklyn couple, um, but we don't have a hundred thousand dollars to spend. We have like twenty thousand dollars to spend. Yeah. What can we do with that? Which is still a lot of money. Which is still a lot of money. That's like a lot more money than a lot of people sure. have. You know, um, and you know, to spend that. Like, I'm a super practical person. I feel like to spend that in one day for people is, that's a lot. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I feel like there's not a lot of great representation of that. Like a real person's wedding, which is hard because then I think couples who have a real person budget are looking at these weddings thinking like, my wedding is not good enough. We don't have enough money. It's Mm -hmm. not... But at the end of the day, it doesn't mean you love your spouse any more or any or less, less because sure. you spent, you know... A certain amount of money. Exactly. Yeah, which I, think I don't is think there's really any, like, connection between the more you spend, no. the likelier you are to succeed in this game of marriage. No, yeah. definitely not. Um, are you seeing any trends for same-sex couples? Mm. Or things that are disappearing? Mm. I think the, like... Um, like rustic-y mason jar, barn wedding, like that's kind of going by the wayside a little bit, I mm-hmm. think. Um, I feel like I'm seeing more industrial spaces and like minimalist design mm-hmm. elements. I'm trying to think of. I feel like specific- that makes sense even with what I'm seeing on a, on a yeah. larger scale. Like people are moving away from the sort of like 
cheeky cheesy and moving towards like clean natural yeah and embracing like a big warehouse space there's definitely less of like the blush pink peonies Mm -hmm. and more like greenery and you know which from a cost standpoint is wonderful it's great (laughs) yes um but also for diversity is also great so diversity is an interesting one i think many times large publications sometimes are criticized for just having like and not, you know, beautiful white human beings featured in their weddings. Sure. Um, is there something in the world of your world where, like, how do you attract couples who maybe you want to feature but aren't? Maybe they think they can't be featured or they're not pretty enough or, like, they're not a size five. Like, how does that... That feels really complex to me. Like, from a publisher standpoint? How yeah, do you... from you. Like, how do you spread the word that, like, we want to feature everyone who's in love I think that well so I think for me it's a little bit different because I am just like H&H is innately inclusive like you would not go to a same-sex wedding blog and think oh she only likes white gay people yeah so that's you know for me that's never really been I I definitely don't get as many couples of color but I feel like I get a pretty diverse Mm -hmm. you know group of folks um I think that you know I don't know. For the bigger wedding blogs, I think just the more you feature, like if you see, uh, you know, if I see a couple of color on Instagram, like just sending them a DM and being like, hey, like your wedding photos are beautiful. I'd love to feature them. Yeah. You know, that's amazing. Yeah. Like, why not? And I feel like they must feel. So do you spend time since you were at Gothamist trolling (laughs) the Internet? Do you like troll Instagram looking for beautiful weddings? Um, Like if people hashtag gay wedding or. I do some trolling on Instagram for sure. I get tagged a lot in, like, really great, like, weddings and even, like, proposal photos Uh and there's a ton of engagement photos and things like that. Um, So I'll definitely, like, you know, if something pops up that I, you know, that I love and I think it'd be a good fit, I'll always, like, DM whoever posted it and just say, like, hey, love this, would love to feature you. And it's great. If you start a relationship with a couple, I feel like they're you know, more eager to kind of get the ball rolling. They're always, like, sharing it. You know, yeah. it's exciting. It would, you know. Well, to have your wedding featured anywhere is exciting right. for sort yeah. of the world to see. But I'm thrilled that your platform is growing because I feel like we need to be represented. You know, like, we yeah. are human beings. We celebrate love. And it's been a journey to get to the point where we can even legally get married federally. Right. But now, like, let's show it off and let's celebrate who we are. And I feel like you're doing that so well. I think that a lot of, and I have had people submit to me and say, like, we haven't, we won't submit it anywhere else because we just, like, we love what you do. We love that you're specifically LGBTQ, Uh um, which I think is something that definitely plays in my favor that, you know, it feels, the LGBTQ community feels very represented. There's a diverse group of people with, you know, diverse budgets and their weddings all look a different way and there's a lot of different stuff on the website versus you know a more mainstream blog that's basically featuring there may be a small section about it right exactly so a lot of people i think feel loyal to h&h because it's specifically and it always has been specifically lgbtq and h&h stands for his and his hers and hers okay got it so that's beautiful and for the folks listening who don't know lgbtqia or lgbtq oh my goodness um, would you give a quick (laughs) yes it's so i think it what is it's actually lgbtqaip P. Oh, I didn't know about the P. Yeah. I thought it was LGBTQIA. 
AIP? Or A IPA, whatever. Either way, there's an I, a P, and an A. Ooh, school yeah. me. Tell me everything. Lesbian. Yeah. Gay. Yeah. Bisexual. Transgender. Mm -hmm. The I is intersex. Yeah. P is pansexual. A is either ally or asexual. Okay. So. Oh, yeah, the P. I guess I had forgotten about the P. <sighs> the P exists. What is pansexual? Pansexual is somebody who is attracted to people. Everyone. Like, regard at all the genders. The person, not the... Exactly. Got it. Yes. And okay. it's different from bisexual because bisexual basically implies that there's, like, a gender binary. Got right? It. So I'm attracted to men and I'm attracted to women. Pretty equally. Right. Well, or not even pretty equally. Just, like... Just both. Both. But pansexual is, like... Anybody anywhere on this spectrum is somebody that I could be attracted to. That's kind of nice. If so yeah, many more totally. options. <laughs> I know. Some people call pansexuals greedy. Yeah. <laughs> I think those people are probably close-minded and sad. Yes. Yeah. Um, so gender is such an interesting thing. And I feel like in the world of weddings specifically, mm -hmm. even with gay weddings, right? If you have two brides or two grooms, unfortunately, people are like, oh, who's the bride? Yeah. Who's the groom? Yeah, that's awesome. Who's the man? Mm -hmm. Who's the woman? Um, are you seeing or hearing that as well? Or is it just me that sort of is getting a sense of like I mean, frustration in that, in that area? I, like, I live in a bubble. Like I live in, in every way. My life isn't. I run an LGBTQ specific wedding blog. I live in New York City. Yeah. I am gay. Like in every way, I live in this like liberal progressive bubble. bubble. So no, I really don't hear a lot about that. Um, I will, I've had a couple of instances where um, like couples will say a vendor gave them a contract that has like bride and groom instead of client one, client two, that mm -hmm. kind of thing, um, which is frustrating. Uh, I get, gender is a weird thing, and I get submissions from straight weddings sometimes, which is oh, interesting. interesting. Um, it's not interesting. It's fucking stupid because do your research and figure out where you're submitting. Yeah. Anyway, but my, my response to that, because gender is a whole thing, is like sort of real but not real, is to respond and say, is somebody in this couple transgender? If that's the case, please let me know. If that is not the case, please do your research. Yeah. Um, and then they usually just get withdrawn. Yeah, then they're not that. interested. Are you, uh, do you feature a lot of trans weddings? I really haven't featured a lot of trans folks. But, I mean, I'm, I'm clearly I'm not opposed to it. Yeah. I just haven't gotten really many um, weddings with trans folks. I feel like it's something that, and I, I mean, I'm sure that it's happening, but I feel like it's something I'm not plugged into, but would really love to be plugged into. I would be curious. I don't, you know, I, I don't know if it's a thing that, like, you, I don't know. Yeah. Do these people have just, like, different ideas on marriage and, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? I'm not really they sure. They may not prescribe, sure, to the exactly. notion of, you know, marriage. I, yeah. I mean, because I have, like, I'm friends with the um, girls that run Catalyst and like they have featured like one or two trans folks. I featured a couple, but it's the same. Like nobody's really getting that I know of mm -hmm. submissions that have trans people. Yeah. Um, but I would love to. But is it just to sort of clarify in the world of if you're trans, male to female, female to male, mm -hmm. and you marry someone? after your transition of the opposite sex, 
is it then technically still? This is like the Caitlyn Jenner. This thing. is the like really everybody whole was like, thing. is Caitlyn Jenner a lesbian? It's not really about Caitlyn Jenner's sexuality. It's more about like my assumption is that like Caitlyn Jenner probably identifies as a queer person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't think that she's like a gay or I'm straight or I'm a lesbian or she sure is you a know. Republican. <laughs> which, which we don't have to talk about really the only thing i need her to identify as before yeah. i just shut it down yeah um but i just think the complexity there is so interesting in sure. terms of yeah. like how you choose to identify or a community puts you as part of their community but maybe you don't want to be part of that community it's sort of a very complicated <clears throat> it is and it's like a person-to-person thing so you know let's say like you and i are dating Ooh. We would obviously be, like, the hottest couple ever. <laughs> and I am, you know, I start my transition while we're dating. Yeah. Right? Like, we started as two homos in love with each other. Yeah. You know, but now, like, just, I, I don't feel like it's about, if we stay together post my transition when I'm identifying as a male, I don't think that changes, like, I don't know. It doesn't change our love, hypothetically. Right. But I think people are obsessed with labels, and they want to label 100%. that which they don't understand. <laughs> yes. Or that which is confusing to them. Right. And Anything that's non-heterosexual is like, tell me everything. I need yeah. it. I need a label. I need an identification. I need an explanation. And I kind of am, you know, I kind of think it doesn't matter. who can, You know what I mean? Like, let yeah. that couple, let that person decide who they are, what they are, yeah. you know, how they identify. They don't owe anybody an explanation. No. And yeah. you should stop expecting explanations from people, too. That's the other thing. Like, the Caitlyn Jenner situation. Did she have her surgery? Who fucking cares what Caitlyn Jenner's genitalia looks like? Like, it's yeah. just not your concern. No, it's her personal journey. And she's exactly. going to do what she's got to do. And that's just it. And it's not like, Oh, now she's a real woman now that she's had, like, yeah. it's so ignorant and it's so invasive yeah. and it's like, let, you know, I think Caitlyn Jenner's, uh, well, a Kardashian superstar. For so you sure. think this is not like a real example, example of, yeah. of, you know, how this stuff works, but like, it, it's like, I think a slow process to like realize that yeah. you're, you know, Born in the wrong body. Body, and, yeah. You know, so. But it's interesting and great. There's more and more sort of trans awareness, even in TV. There's another show um, that I saw in a hotel room recently about um, a trans teenager and sort of their life going through that on camera. <laughs> and I was so excited to sort of see a mainstream journey of a, of a child, essentially, and their family and what that sort of looks like. I mean, I think, yeah, I think that's awesome. I have actually heard that there's studies that say that you know your gender identity as young as, like, three years old. Oh, wow. So, I, you know, and I think it's a thing that, you know, we need to just be more cognizant of what's happening with mm-hmm. kids. And, like, kids aren't stupid. If you're yeah. a four-year-old, you know, who is male by birth is saying, I'm a girl... 
regardless of what happens in 10 years or 20 years with that, you need to like acknowledge that and be respectful of it, Today, you know, and yeah. exactly where they are and not just write it off as like, Oh, whatever. It's a, you know, four or five year old, like they're just being they're going a through kid. a phase. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I'm so. still in that phase. So, yes. you know, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> it is really interesting. And I think that that's the like progressive way to look at it. But yeah. unfortunately in other places outside of this bubble, it's sort of like, you know, even when I grew up, I wanted Barbies. I wanted to play with girl toys and I wasn't allowed. Yeah. You know? But even today I was having, I was in Pinkberry and this family came in with this little boy and he had three Barbies and he was dressed very feminine and he was yeah. like five years old. Great. And they were loving and supporting who he was today. And I like almost started crying. It because is it's really beautiful. like it is because I think, and I don't even come from a home where I felt repressed or anything, but just to kind of like live in a world where everybody can just be whoever and whatever they are mm-hmm. in the moment when they're feeling it, like we would all be such better people. And I think that, you know, the, the folks who are close minded to the idea of trans rights or, you know, even the LGBTQ community on the whole um, I feel like it's not about, like, ignorance. It's about their own comfort, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's annoying. Can we talk about pronouns? I feel like getting some clarity in the world of sort of what the pronouns are, what's appropriate, what's not appropriate would be helpful for people. Um, well, there's endless amounts of pronouns. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe, like, the top. So the most, most common, common pronouns would be she, her. They, them, and he, his. Um, but then people will uh, identify with other pronouns, like mm-hmm. Z or V, and that's the pronoun that you use for that person. Um, I think it's never safe to assume pronouns with anybody, mm-hmm. like especially if you want to be a professional person who's, you know, gets paid by clients, then yeah. you need to be respectful of, you know, whoever they are. So I think that not, you know, if somebody signs their email, Leslie, don't assume that it's a she and, mm-hmm. you know, email back, hey girl, what's up? Yeah. Because that's rude. Yeah. So what would the approach be for vendors who are maybe new to this or? I mean, I honestly, like if you if I got an, if I was planning a wedding and I got an email that said, what are your, um, you and your partner's preferred or whatever pronouns, I, I would be like beyond impressed. Mm-hmm. Like just at, like not being embarrassed or feeling ashamed to ask that question yeah. shows a lot about you as a person, mm-hmm. you as a business owner, like your general knowledge of the way that the world works nowadays. Like, yeah. I think that's great. And no And I think the thing is, like, the wedding industry specifically has catered to straight couples for so long. Like, I don't know. No straight couple is going to be like, fuck you for asking that. How dare you? (laughs) They won't be offended. They won't be offended. They're going to be like, oh. What's a pronoun? (laughs) Yeah. They're going to be like, what's a pronoun? And then you'll be like, okay, great. You're straight. Got it. Um, You know, they might not, you know, maybe a straight couple doesn't really have any idea what you're talking about, actually. But any queer person is going to be like, thank you for asking that. I really appreciate that. It means a lot to me as a member of the LGBTQ community, even if I am a cisgender person. Yeah. So, yeah. So just asking. Just asking. I think any initial, I mean, I don't know how like, you know, your initial client contact happens, but like whatever that might be, just saying, you know, 
here's like with your questionnaire that you send out or whatever with yeah. initial sets of questions including what are your preferred sets of pronouns and also asking about guests at the wedding because that is another huge issue like you don't want to make assumptions about somebody you know the your client these this is the group of people that means the most to them in the world probably are coming to their wedding. Right. Exactly. So you don't want to be disrespectful of those people in any way. Yeah. Um, so I think just saying, does anybody at, you know, does anybody in your wedding party or does do any of your guests have preferred pronouns that we should know about? That we should be aware of. Yes. Okay. And then if they do, you learn. And if they don't, correct, it's fine. Yeah. Okay. And then the difference between (laughs) gender and sexuality, I feel like is often confused. It is often confused. Can you shed a little bit of light? On that? Yeah. Um, um, so gender is how you identify. I'm a cisgender female, which means I was born in a female body and I identify as a female person. Mm-hmm. Um, that's your gender. Your sexuality has to do with who you're attracted to. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, so, I mean, there's a million gender identities, yeah. right? There's gender non-conforming people who go by neutral pronouns. Yeah. So they go by they, them. They don't ever want anybody to assume a gender about a them. A male or female gender Exactly. Um, so that's, you know, and then, um, yeah, your sexuality is who you're attracted to. I mean, yeah. I feel like for us, it's pretty cut and dry. Like, I am a woman who's attracted to women. Yeah. I'm ob- a lesbian. Yeah, this is the big gay podcast episode, if yes. anyone listening hasn't yeah, figured I that out yet. the walls with rainbows. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's a disco ball. But if you're a gender nonconforming person, like, you might just identify as queer because your attraction knows no gender, just like you don't. So, yeah. you know, or whatever. Yeah. Okay. So, and I think it's interesting to talk about because I think, unfortunately, people just don't know. People just don't know. And there's not a lot of information out there. And I think people are, like, embarrassed to ask as well. Because it's showing they don't know. Yeah. And I don't think, I mean, people don't want to be made out to be, like, tokens in any way. But, like, let's say you have a friend or, like, an acquaintance or something and they are gender nonconforming and they prefer, you know, neutral pronouns. Like, asking them about that isn't, I mean, as long as you're not, like, diving into, like, their deep, dark secrets, like, I don't think that's going to offend anybody. It's going to give them a chance to, like, actually express Express who they are as a person and feel seen and heard, which is something that I think, you know, like, lesbian and gay folks, not so much, but, like, the trans community and queer community, like, they, they feel very unseen and unheard mm-hmm. because it's just you can just kind of get like this blanket like oh you're all everybody else yes yeah. you're in which this which is unfortunate it is unfortunate the you know lgbtqia is an umbrella <laughs> for all of us yeah but i feel like the rights have definitely been towards the front of those letters yes. and not you know the back end of it right um so i think what's really interesting too is when you ask someone their pronoun or their gender identity like knowing that they're free to change their mind on their pronouns or how they identify. And that's something that's happened to me a few times in the past few, even two years. Like a gay friend of mine um, is now not identifying like gender male, but still gay, but his gender is now neutral and he's not recognizing. And it's interesting. And it was a transition for me. Yeah. And I think because I didn't know it was happening until they changed their pronoun on Facebook, which now Facebook has multiple pronouns. Yes. Um, But I think being aware 
that once a decision is made, it's not set in stone. Like, people can change their mind. I mean, every part of you as a person is kind of this ever-changing, ever-evolving thing. There's no reason your gender wouldn't be that as well. Yeah. Um, And, you know, just like I brought up with children, kind of, you know, saying one thing one day and maybe another thing the next. Like, you have to be respectful of what people are telling you about themselves. And I think that is really important. And also for the person who is you know, who's now identifying as um, gender nonconforming or for somebody who is transitioning, like Mm -hmm. understanding that, you know, if we've known each other for 10 years and your pronouns have always been one thing, it's just going to be an adjustment for me. And it's not like, and most people, you know, transitioning or in these positions, like understand that it's not coming from a malicious place. I'm not telling you what you're supposed to be, but it is like, you know, you've always been Joe and I've referred to you as him. And now, you know, your name is Jessica and that's, you know, and you're her. Yes. And that's an adjustment. Right. Totally. Um, I think we should play a little bit of a game of all of the straight things I hear pushed on gay couples. Oh my and God. And I'll yes. say it and you maybe respond with a more appropriate way to say it. <gasps> oh, this is going to so, be so bad. Okay. I'm so um, excited. What kind of dress are you wearing? Ew. <laughs> So what's be a better response? response for the person you got asked? Kate, that you're question. engaged. What kind of dress are you going to wear? Uh, I would not wear a dress. Yeah. Um, like the appropriate response for me. To well, I guess the appropriate yeah. thing for that person to actually exactly, ask. Exactly. Yeah. So the appropriate thing for that person to actually ask is, "What are you going to wear?" Mm-hmm. And it seems so simple. So simple. But you're not placing any assumptions <laughs> of gender yeah. on the person who's celebrating. And not, it's, yeah. I mean, I don't, like, I'm, like, a, you know, feminine-ish woman. Like, I st- I wouldn't wear a dress. Yeah. If I was getting married. You'd wear a suit. Maybe a Pants suit. Pantsuit, jumpsuit. Maybe a jumpsuit. Okay. Or, like, a short, I love short suits. Okay. So, they're I would so maybe cute. do, they're so cute, with, like, a really nice blazer. Okay. You haven't thought about this at all. No, but it's just, like, honestly, mostly I see things, I'm like, ooh, can I get that, like, not wedding-y? Like, yeah. I just want that for, like, day-to-day wear. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm just going to, like, sit here in my apartment in yeah. a short suit. So then when somebody gosh. asks, again, towards you, um, mm-hmm. a queer woman, so, like, who's the man? Um, the appropriate <laughs> way to ask that would be to not ask that at all, because my yeah. relationship dynamic has nothing to do with anybody else. Got it. Okay. Great. So just don't ask. Just don't ask. Okay. Um, next question. Um, I don't know. What are some other wedding-related questions I get all the time? So we did the outfit. We did the who's the man. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess those are sort of the main ones. I can't really think of any other ones. I should have written a list down. I get them all the time. Do you? Do yeah. you get questions about, like, the proposal situation? Because that's the other thing. Like, we get, I mean... Who proposed to who? We, which comes down to, like, the who's the man Right. And most... I have been getting a ton of submissions of couples who, like, propose... They each propose to each other. Which I think is really beautiful. Or it's just, like, a, we were sitting at breakfast one day drinking coffee, and we were like, hey, we should get married. And the other person was like, yeah, okay. Well, that's not romantic. It's not romantic. <laughs> but, but it's it every day pragmatic. and it's real. Yeah, and it's, and it's real. And it's it's an equal partnership decision, which yeah. in my, that's to me is the biggest. I absolutely hate the idea that like 
some guy gets down on his knees and, like, gets to decide and then, like, mark you with a fucking ring when your life is, you know, not over, but whatever. Or I guess it's, like, who takes whose last name? (laughs) Probably nobody takes anybody's last name. I mean, there's no, like, legal reasons, really, to do it anymore, you know? Who has the baby? You, I mean, you can't waste your womb. Oh, my womb's a wasting. <laughs> um, again, uh, probably not. It's. I think that the uh, this brings up a good point. Everybody assumes lesbians want lesbians want babies. Yes, yeah, right. Because you're women, and, and they, you have exactly, the, the and they hardware. just like assume that like gay men are gonna adopt these like gorgeous like mixed race babies from some other country, sure. and like that's just like the, the stereotypical assumption. Um, one, assuming that anybody wants to have kids is super offensive. And yeah. also, like, diving into a potentially really touchy subject because whether couples are gay or straight or whatever, like, if somebody wants to have children and can't, like, you don't want to bring, like, that is All not for you to, to bring up. Ex- exactly. Yeah. So if somebody says, we're trying, excellent. Support them. If somebody says, you know, we're pregnant or I'm pregnant or whoever's pregnant, great. Yeah. But, like, beyond that, you don't really get to, like, dive for that information. Because what somebody wants as far as, like, a family and adoption or whatever is absolutely none of your business. Yeah. Is there a future for H&H to move just beyond (laughs) proposals and weddings? Or is it going to sort of stay in that world? Um... I would, so one thing that I have actually been working on is creating, I went to college for photography Mm -hmm. and I have literally not picked up a camera since I left. Oh, you need to work on that. So I have (laughs) been, um, so I've been actually shooting and creating content for the blog, which is something I want to do more. Um, I would like, I would consider doing, you know, like a family sector of H&H. I think that's one of those things that like comes with a wedding website when like, that's the trajectory that mm-hmm. the founder, the editor in chief's like life. Got it. When they so have a kid, the then blog they're moves like, that way. Yeah, exactly. Then they're because like, because it's now it's a natural progression, right? But for me, I don't have kids. I don't want kids. Yeah. So it would feel kind of unnatural unless for you I to like go that way. Yes, sure. exactly. Unless there was some spark of like I don't know inspiration where I felt like there was that drove you in that direction. Exactly. Can people say, um, this is my friend, he's gay, or is it, this is my friend, he's queer, this is my friend, he's homosexual? What's the appropriate, not that any are appropriate. (laughs) Of course, this is my friend. But is it, is it, can you say (laughs) gay, homosexual, LGBT, queer, is there a preferred word or word that's a no-no word? Um, I in think if you say homosexual, it just makes you sound like you're 75 years old. <laughs> True. Um, gay is fine. Queer is fine. I mean, I feel, you know, I feel like, and I'm, I'm sure you experience this too, we have like kind of repurposed the word fag and things like that. Mm-hmm. But it also know if you're a straight person, you like really can't throw that around. You like, cannot use that word. Absolutely. Don't ever use that word. But yeah. also don't call out a queer person for using that word because... Yeah. Fuck you. Because it's our word. It's our word. <laughs> and we yeah, get to use so, like, it. don't be shocked if you're, like, out with, you know, a group of queer folks, and they're like, ah, oh, whatever, you fag, to their other queer friends. Yeah. Um, but just know that that is not a word for your mouth to ever Got say. It. It's a word that we've, some people in the community have taken back and use yes. in their own way. Because I was even, I was somewhere, like, in Brooklyn, at dinner, I don't know what I was at. Anyway... And I said the word queer, and somebody was like, you can say queer now? And I was like, 
Yeah. Yeah. Welcome out of your shell. Yeah. It's what, 2017. Are you just watching Fox News? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yes. Anyway, you can say queer. Queer is not offensive. Yeah. If you're straight, don't say fag. Lesbian. I mean, I'm not a fa- I, I'm not like a sensitive person. Like, if somebody was like, this is Kate. She's a dyke. I'd be like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. <laughs> you can't really say but that. But you can't really say that. No. Like, I, like, <laughs> like, my close friends could say that. Like, you know, you could say that. What about but- butcher fem? <laughs> Well, I that kind of goes back to, like, the gender s- situation. Like, mm-hmm. you're kind of assuming that I am one of two things. Yeah. And I'm kind of neither of those two things. Yeah. And that's fine. And it also doesn't, like, I think the idea is that for lesbians, like, one one member of the couple is this, like, super, like, you know, butch, dyke, the whatever, man, for exactly. Lack of better word. And the other is this like lipstick lesbian, yeah. who like quote unquote doesn't look like a lesbian. The woman, yeah. That's my favorite thing. You <laughs> don't look like a lesbian. You don't look like a and, lesbian. And the, my favorite part of that comment is that I know what you're you pretty. want. Me, I know what you want me to say is thank you. Yeah, yeah. Because I yes, oh. it's terrible. It's awful. Yeah, or like. Are you sure he's gay? He doesn't seem gay. He doesn't seem gay. Yeah, which is also another one. And I'm like, what does that even mean? He doesn't seem... So, like, I think the biggest thing for any straight friends or straight allies listening is to not make assumptions. Yes. And to ask questions if you're confused or unclear. Yeah. to love a person for who they are and not put labels on them. Right. Because it's easier for you. It's it's easier. We all like to label things. Sure. But... Don't do it. Right. Unless your friend who's queer tells you to do it. Right. And the other thing I think, and I don't know if you get this, but like sometimes if I'm out with straight people, they'll be like, this is my friend Kate, the lesbian. I'm like, thank you for that. Just like, thank you for clarifying that. I wonder if we went around and we're like, this is my friend Mark. He's heterosexual. <laughs> this is my friend Michelle. She looks, you know, she's straight. Like yeah. if we like attach it right away. Right. Like, this is my token straight friend. Yes. <laughs> I'm maybe just that would start, help. I'm just going to start, like, going out with token straight people. Yeah. And, like, introducing them as such. Token straight yes. people. Yes. Yeah. So, we've made some progress. We've got a lot of ways to go. Um, but you'll keep putting beautiful, inspirational images on your blog Hopefully. and on your Instagram. And where can people find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram at H&H Weddings. Mm-hmm. Um, Facebook, same thing. And on the interwebs at hnhweddings.com. And if any queer couples want to submit their proposal or weddings to you, they just do that right through the website? They can do it through the website. Yeah, there's an email. It's submissions at hnhweddings.com. Okay, and they send vendors, pictures, their love story. Yes. And call it a day. Yeah. Perfect. Well, this was so much fun. Thanks for coming Have over. a lovely, queer-filled, rainbow Disco ball, lesbian, gay. (laughs) Dyke, fag, queer. All those things. Just have a lovely day. (laughs) Weddings-ish. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to Weddings-ish with Jove. It really means the world to me. I would also love to encourage you to share with your friends the podcast link, share on social media, and of course, feel free to leave us a great five-star review on iTunes. It's super helpful. It takes just a moment. Tell us what you're loving, why you love it. And again, if you have any wedding planning questions, we'd love to hear them. Podcast at jovemeyerevents.com. Again, it's podcast at jovemeyerevents.com. Send any and all questions. We love to answer them. No questions off limits.
The music in this podcast was recorded by Mel Flannery of Mixtape Cover Band. If you're looking for a wedding band that will get you rocking and dancing and all over the dance floor, you should definitely check out Mixtape Cover Band. Wedding-ish. Wedding-ish.